It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. This is the Decibel with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. Gather round, gather round. It's that all-important time once again, time for the Decibel Geek Podcast. This is the podcast that will stand up and fight for your right to rock. And we're going to do it right here today. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my good brother, Chris Sinzak. What's going on, man? Not much. Uh, excited to talk to our guest today. I can't believe we've never had him on the show before, but uh, we're right. going to change, change that this week. Yeah, definitely. It's about time. But yeah, we're going to talk to Ron Keel about all kinds of different stuff. It's going to be awesome. But I think the most important thing, and we started talking about this from what I can remember this last Friday night, but Rockin' Pod 2021, it's official. Yes, it is. God willing. <laughs> So we got dates announced, we've got location announced, we've got some guests announced. Chris, why don't you fill us in, give us the quick rundown of where we're at so far with Rock and Pod 2021. All right, well, I guess most important is the dates. Uh, Rock and Pod will be, the weekend of Rock and Pod will be August 6th through 8th this year in Nashville, as always, and uh, doing it at the Hilton Nashville Airport this time, and Got a few guests already announced, but yeah, tickets are on sale. Uh, discounted hotel rooms are on sale. I'm being super transparent this year. The way that the event survives is if you book through our hotel link, because that those yes. hotel rooms cover our venue space. So please consider booking through the hotel link. Um, but yeah, we've got tickets, VIPs. We got podcaster registration up with a discount if you stay at the hotel, and uh, all that good stuff's going on. You can sign up for the newsletter. And some of the guests we've announced so far, obviously Ron Keel, who we're having on today, and we'll go into a little bit of rock and pod stuff with him. Don Jameson, the comedian from That Metal Show. Yeah. Tommy Skio from Resist and Bite, and of course, formerly of Tesla. And yeah. uh, the whole band Resist and Bite will be at the expo, but more importantly, they will be playing the rock and pod pre party concert the night before. Uh, along with yes. a uh, along with a rare hair set and probably another act to be named soon. Uh, that's going to be exciting. Still working on the venue for that, but that's going to be the lineup. And uh, really excited to to see Tommy's band play because I just finished a new record, and I'm thinking it might be out by that time. But e- even if it's not, you'll get to hear tracks from that record live, so that'll be cool. And if you weren't at previous years and you don't know, our good friend Tyson Leslie does the rare hair. That's basically an all star jam, and uh, there's going to be a lot of all stars that we can witness jamming that night. That are going to be in Nashville. 
Oh yeah. I mean, it, it'll be a rotating band of pro players that are here in Nashville. And then also, uh, several of the expo guests will get up and they'll do all kinds of cool hard rock and metal covers and definitely, definitely several deep tracks. You're not, it's not gonna be like a top 40 set. It's like, if you're, if you're listening to this show, you like the deep tracks and you want to hear stuff yes. that's off the beaten path. So it'll be a special night for sure. It'll be, a, it'll be a great show. Right. And like Chris was saying, it's very important to help out the Rock and Pot Expo. The best way you can do that to make sure that future generations, heck, 2022 even, we can enjoy Rock and Pot again, is to make sure you get a room at the hotel. Because for one, it's awesome because it's convenient. Everything's yeah. going on at that hotel. So while you're there, you're there. You can check out everything. If you want to have a beer with Ron Keel, you could probably do that because yeah. everybody's hanging out at the hotel bar and is running around all over the place. So if you want to be at the party and stay at the party, you get that hotel room and you are contributing to the future of Rock and Pod. And we appreciate it. If you're a podcaster out there or if you listen to a podcast that's about rock and roll and you want them to be a part of Rock and Pod, you can steer them this way too. I know there's a lot of great ones out there that we've not had at Rock and Pod yeah. with us in the past that we'd like to have with us this year. So if you got somebody you like and you'd like to see them at Rock and Pod, go ahead and let them know. So where do people get their hotel rooms, their registration, and all that good stuff? You can go to rockandpod.com or nashvillerockandpodexpo.com. It'll eat each one will take you to the same thing and there's tabs at the top there's news stories there's tickets there's a list of guests there's a podcasters tab where you can pick your level of uh of podcast registration and get on the list for that and we'll also have the education track again this year if you want to start a podcast you can register at the low tier on podcaster registration and get access to that it'll be speakers presenting ways to start a podcast gear you can buy uh, ways to grow your audience, ways to market your podcast, ways to monetize your podcast, all that good stuff. There, there's an education track tab. There's a vendors tab. If you sell vinyl records, memorabilia, you want to come and sell your stuff at the expo, click on that vendors tab. Go to, and the big one is the hotel tab. Click on that. You'll see an orange button when you get on there and click on that. It takes you right to our room block and you can book your room. That's right. Let's all party together in 2021. We're kicking it all off. Life goes back to normal after Rockin' Pod. So we're getting ready for that big party this summer. We can't wait to see everybody there with us. So cool. You know, Decibel Geek, we are part of the Pantheon of Podcasting. Yeah, that's right. Pantheon Podcast. And we're very proud of that fact. And you know what? There's perks to that, isn't there, Chris? Yeah, I'm uh, using a brand new set of AKG headphones and microphone. And uh, that was all thanks to their support of Pantheon as a sponsor. And they, they're supporting the show in turn with that. Very cool. See, there's perks to all this. So we got a lot to get to today. We're going to hang out and shoot the breeze with Ron Keel for a little bit, but let's take care of our business real fast. I got a review and it's a good one. It's entitled Excellent and it's got all five stars. It goes like this. Great show. Let's have an episode about greatest first albums, like No Respect by Vane, or the first Firehouse record. Mm. Not a bad idea. We have, And we haven't done that, have we? No, we never have. As many different angles as we've tacked rock and roll from, we've never done that one. So, yeah, let's look forward to that one in yeah. the future. And then we can come back and do, like, best second albums. Yeah, we could do that, too. Yeah, I... That's a good I one, do too. I like No Respect by Vane, by Vane, and I do like the first Firehouse record. Oh, I love that Vane album. Not the Firehouse? 
Eh, not so much. <laughs> not as much as I love these awesome podcast reviews. That one comes to us via Apple Podcasts from right here in the good old USA from Cool As Ice 232, a.k.a. Patrick. Thank you, sir. We appreciate that very much. That is an awesome review. If you want to leave your favorite podcast a review, just do it. You can go to Apple Podcasts. You can go to Podchaser. You can even leave us a Facebook recommendation. If it's good and it's awesome and it's got all five stars, we're going to read it on the show because we like to do that. Another good way you can help us out, you want a little extra Decibel Geek in your life, you can become a Decibel Geek VIP by going over to Patreon.com and looking up Decibel Geek. There's different levels of commitment in there. What you can get is the Chris and Aaron Show, which is an entirely different podcast separate from what we do here. There's over, well, there's well over 100 shows at this point. And uh, you can go back to the very beginning. Gives you a whole bunch of extra Decibel Geek in your life just right where you need it, in your ear holes where it belongs. So head on over to patreon.com. Check out Decibel Geek. Become a VIP. Hey, Chris, did you uh, happen to load up that latest episode of Torpedo Dudes did yet? Did you know we do an awesome live stream on Friday night? Let's talk about that. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> We've talked enough last Friday night. <laughs> I think we talked enough for everybody last Friday night. Oh, man, that was something. All three of us, myself, Chris, and yes, even our mascot who we love, Rockin' Ron Runyon, we all had long weeks last week, so by the time Friday rolled around and we did our weekly live cast, I guess you want to call it, Decibel Geek Friday Night Live, we decided we were going to get hammered. And we did. And so we did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember like the last 30 minutes of the show. Oh, man. I went back to it later and listened back to it because I couldn't remember much of it either. Yeah, we get a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> Fueled by alcohol. And we laugh a lot. A lot of laughing on that one. So, you know what? That was probably the most fun one I think we've done so far. Maybe we should just get shit-faced every time we do it. Yeah, I think that's probably the prescription for for every week going forward. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of great feedback on it. (laughs) You guys had me laughing so hard that night. And, yeah, I've had a lot of people message me going, that is some funny shit right there. It uh, It was a belligerent fun fest <laughs> most definitely so there you have it check us out on <laughs> check us out on patreon if you want to become a decibel geek vip get your room reserved for rock and pod 2021 right now get yourself decibel geek t-shirt at clicktshop.com that's clicktshop with a k yeah. and uh yeah get on over to pantheon podcast and give them a like and say thank you for supporting my boys the Decibel Geek Podcast. We got more people we love. Yes. These are the uh, people that share on Facebook and retweet on Twitter. Last week's fun New York rock show with our special guest, Tony Mann. That was fun. I loved having Tony on the show. He was awesome. Yeah, Tony's got some great stories. I can't wait to get him back on. For sure. So Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Need Rock, Keith Rockford, Simon Cat, Wayne Cross, Pantheon Podcast, Mike Parnell, David Glenn, Shay Hargett, The Bakery Podcast, Aaron Baker, Sit and Spin with Joe, Mark Alden-Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast, Mark and Jerry B's Sessions, Cobras and Fire Podcast, Kristen Schimbeck, Scott Crouch, David Cathy, and as always, The, the Mooger Fooger. 
All right, there you have it. If you want to become a Geek of the Week, just like these fine folks did last week, you share this week's episode, our conversation with Ron Keel, and next week you'll hear your name at the top of the show because you'll be a Geek of the Week. I think I'm going to have a lot of names to read next week. Probably. That's usually the way it works. Everybody loves Ron Keel. We do too. Let's talk to him. Let's do it. Ron, you know, we had such an awesome time with you at what? The second Rockin' Pod? Was it year two? Yeah. And Chris and I were sitting down talking the other day about some of the stuff we want to do, and we both said, oh, we never had Ron Keel on the show. We got to spend time with him at Rockin' Pod and had a great time with him and got up on stage and talked with Michael Wagner and all that. But it's time for Ron Keel to come on the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been slacking, man. How are you doing? I am doing great. It's long overdue, and I appreciate the opportunity. You guys are at the very pinnacle of the rock and roll podcast industry, and you're right. Uh, It's about damn time that I appeared (laughs) on the show, and I appreciate the opportunity, man. We're going to have a good time tonight. Heck yeah. Yeah, so uh, I wanted to kind of go back a little. Well, we were talking amongst ourselves before we got you on the line. Um, You know, you you had posted a thing about um, coming to Rock and Pod this year, and we're excited for that. But like you had mentioned, I'm coming home, and somebody in the comments was like, I didn't know you were from Nashville. And I think you said you were from like Ohio or Indiana, but your wiki page says you're from Savannah, Georgia. So where are you from, Ron? Well, we're, we're, uh, you know, I'm from Earth, actually. I, I moved to Nashville in 1979 when I was uh, just a teenager, and it is certainly one of my hometowns where I, I put down some serious roots and had some great experiences and memories. So uh, it's great to come home to Nashville. I do have some other hometowns, as many people know. Hollywood, you know, I spent 10 years in Hollywood in the decade of decadence in the 80s. Yeah. Spent a lot of time in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, ten years in Vegas as well as, but uh, Nashville is is and always will be one of my hometowns and uh, one of those places where I my career really got started with a band called Steeler. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, so 1979, uh, you know, Nashville was a much different place back in those days. Can you g- describe like your your experience of what what you, what you thought of Nashville back in those days? And because it's really like a rock and roll mecca now, but back then it was definitely straight up country music and like a, a rock scene was. Although a rock scene did really develop thanks to Steeler and several other bands in those days, but Nashville in '79 it was a, it was a long way off from being really a rock and roll town, right? A long way off, by the way. Uh, you know, it was Country Music USA at the time. Uh, I went there, and the story about my move to Nashville is probably well documented, but I'd love to reiterate that briefly if yeah. I could. I was in Texas, in uh, Mount Pleasant, Texas, 118 miles east of Dallas in the summer of uh, winter, uh, winter of 79, doing a construction job. And back then, we didn't have the Google. You know, you had a phone all book, right, all right? right? And I'm looking through the phone book, and that was our source for whatever, you know, businesses that you wanted to get in contact with. And I'm looking through the phone book in Mount Pleasant, Texas, and I saw the Dallas listings for, quote, record companies, unquote. And I thought, record companies? There's record companies in Dallas? Shit, I want a record deal. So I started calling them, 
at the top of the list, I started with Arista and A&M and, you know, started at the A's. Yeah. And I'd call him up and I'd say, hey, I'm Ron Keel. I'm a... I'm 17 years old at the time, guys. I call these record companies up in Dallas. Go, I'm Ron Keel. I've got a you know a demo, and I'm a singer, songwriter, musician. I'd like to have a record deal. And the secretary would say, "Well, we're just a distribution point. We don't really have any A and R here. A and R, which is artist and repertoire, which is the people that actually sign artists and acts. Right. Uh, so, we, sorry, we can't help you. And I'd go down to the list to the next one, and I called them all until I got to M. MCA and I called MCA. It said the mm-hmm. same thing, same pitch. Uh, this is Ron Keel. I'm a singer, songwriter, musician. I've got a demo I'd like to play for you. I'd really like a record deal. And the secretary says, "Hold on," and she put me in touch with a guy named Brad Hunt. And uh, I gave him the same pitch. He said, "Meet me in my office four o'clock on Thursday." And this was, you know, I'm I'm 120 miles away. I went to his office. I'm 17 years old. I've got a business suit on, a demo package with a, a four songs that I'd written and played all the instruments on: drums, bass, guitar, vocals, the whole thing. It was my package, uh, eight by ten color photos of myself playing live, and I, I put all this stuff on his desk. And I said, "I want a record deal." And he looked at the stuff and he listened to the demo and he said. I can't help you because this is just a distribution point. We just ship <laughs> records. And, but I but I know somebody who can. And he got on the phone right that right then and there, that very minute. He called Leon Tosillis at MCA Records in Nashville. He says, Leon, I got this kid in my office right now, and he's going to be a star someday. Uh, his name's Ron Keel. Can you help him out? And Leon said, yes, yeah, send him to Nashville. And they sent me to Nashville. I did a demo. And uh, they passed on me because my music was too heavy for Nashville in the 70s, the late 70s. But I looked around and I saw that vibrant Music City energy uh, in every building. I rented a house on Music Row and uh, I, I saw this vibrant music scene, which was totally devoid of rock. I started going to concerts and I saw... Rush and Saxon and Van Halen at the Municipal Auditorium there in Nashville. And, and there were 10, 12, 15,000 people in the arena just digging the rock. Yeah. But there was no local scene for that. And I thought, there's a chance that if I could, you know, stake my claim in rock and roll here in Nashville, that I might be able to, to get noticed. And I did with a band called Lust, which, uh, won the Battle of the Bands competition in 1980 and uh, released my first commercial recording with uh, an album called The Homegrown Album, uh, sponsored by KDF Radio in Nashville. And uh, All of a sudden, I mean, we, we were on the radio. We were uh, playing for packed houses with fists in the air, and that gave me the uh, inertia to form and create a band called Steeler, and the rest is history. Wow. Can, well, speaking of lust, like we, we booked a band called eight ball to play, um, our pre-party or yeah, our pre-party a couple of years ago. And the singer of that band, David Bush, I think took over vocal duties for you when you left the band to start Steeler. That is correct. David Bush is a fantastic singer, great guy. And, uh, certainly, uh, applaud his efforts, uh, that he's, he's kept that rock and roll flag waving in Nashville. And of course now Nashville is the new Hollywood. Yeah. It's it's where all of 
my peers and contemporaries and, and friends and, and uh, fellow musicians and singers have relocated too. But I was the first man in the 70s. I made that move to Nashville. I made a, I, I moved back in uh, 2001 mm. and spent uh, six years there from 2001 to 2007 until I moved to Vegas and still have a lot of great memories and a lot of good friends there in Nashville, Music City. Can't wait to come back for Rock and Pod 2021. And I was going to bring up uh, our good friend uh, Robert Bentley, who is a uh, Gene Simmons and great Gene Simmons impersonator. Um, told me that he he actually roomed with you back in the early days here in Nashville. I'll take his word for it. <laughs> oh, so you didn't get a chance to meet him at Rock and Pod. I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure. A, the black dude dressed up like Gene Simmons. He's <laughs> a real skinny guy and uh and he uh but yeah, he's played in bands around here for a long time. But yeah, he mentioned that you worked at you you know, you were working in a restaurant back in those days and and trying to make it in music in the early days. I was. I worked at a restaurant called The Sailmaker on Harding Road. Uh, that was my first, uh, well, that, was my, that was the job that kept me alive in the early Steeler days, uh, making minimum wage. I think it was two fifteen an hour back then. Wow. And uh, walking to work, barefoot, uphill both ways. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, some great memories, man. I would, I was, I was the dishwasher at the restaurant, so yep. the... I would I would I would get back behind the Hobart dishwashing machine and sing my ass off at work all day long. But I'm singing every dish I broke. I would <laughs> I would sing along, and uh, great memories and uh, great friendships that I formed during those days in my early years in Nashville. Before we relocated to L.A., we realized pretty early on after uh, doing some big shows at the Tennessee Theater and. And uh, at the fair, and and Steeler was an apple tree in a cornfield. Steeler was the motley crew of Nashville. And we were uh, getting a lot of attention, getting a lot of uh, notoriety. And I realized that uh, we've got to take this somewhere else because the music business in Nashville isn't going to give us the opportunities that we deserve or that we want. So I moved the entire band and crew to Los Angeles slash Hollywood in 1981, and the rest is history. I mean, we went on to to make L.A. Hollywood history and, and become one of those cornerstone foundation bands of that 80s rock scene in Hollywood. But uh, like I said, Nashville will, will always be home and uh, so many great memories and so many great friendships that I still enjoy there. I can't wait to get back. Yeah. So did you, any particular clubs you remember playing uh, when you were here? And that was like, I'm sure Cannery was probably one of them. No, no, no that didn't exist then. No, oh, it didn't. Uh, no, Cantrell's was the first gig we did, a place called Cantrell's. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the address in front of me, but it, it does not, not exist anymore. But coming up in a couple of weeks, man, February 17th, 2021, will be the 40th anniversary of the first ever Steeler show. And that was at Cantrell's in Nashville, Tennessee. I do have the flyer. I'm going to post that on my social media and inspect the football a little bit to celebrate that milestone, man. I didn't think I would live to be 40, much less celebrate the 40th anniversary of Steeler. Are you kidding me? (laughs) So uh, I'm really proud of that, uh, that milestone. We're going to be celebrating the 40th anniversary of Steeler all year long. That's That's really cool. So here you would have been a big fish in a small pond 
as far as, you know, you had the local following and all that, but you knew in order to make it, you couldn't do it in Nashville. Well, there's there's a couple of big decisions that I've made during my career that turned out to be really, really correct. Uh, one was heading to Hollywood in 81. I'd like to claim that I was some business marketing genius that thought, oh, we, we need to get this band to Hollywood. But the truth is that I was married to a, a Tennessee girl there and got divorced and I just wanted to go as far west as I possibly could until I got to, till I got to the ocean. I just wanted to get away from that woman, and uh, wow. I realized that's kind of true, you know. But it's kind of true. I, I I just wanted to get the hell out of yeah. town um, and and make a new start after my first marriage. But I also saw this revolution happening in Europe with bands like Iron Maiden, Saxon, Def Leppard. Uh, the new wave of British heavy metal, so to speak, and Judas Priest and Scorpions were obviously big influences on us at the time and Steeler. And I realized that th- there is something happening and we need to get to a major rock mecca, whether it's New York or L.A. And my instinct told me to go to Hollywood. I had a mentor when I was a teenager who had always encouraged me to go West young man, really just telling me to you need to get to, to California. You need to get, get to LA and Hollywood and, and uh, stake your claim and make your, make your stand, so to speak. And at the time in Nashville, I, I, it's just one of those influences or, or impulses that told me we've got to get to Hollywood. And we did when we got to Hollywood, in 1981, uh, the fall of 81, October of 81, we were searching for a gig. Uh, we were the outsiders. We were the Nashville guys. We were the country boys, the outsiders. And it was very t- very tough to break into that Hollywood scene. We couldn't get a gig at the Whiskey. Uh, we did a couple of gigs at the Troubadour and, and on Santa Monica Boulevard in, in Hollywood, but you couldn't break into Gazzari's or the Whiskey. They were all mm-hmm. uh, very loyal to bands like Rat and Debro, uh, Quiet Riot, before it was Quiet Riot. Or, yeah. Uh, bands like Rat, Crew, and so forth. And it took us probably nine months of playing the uh, outer perimeter, Pasadena, uh, San Fernando Valley, Orange County, uh, playing all the outside areas outside of Hollywood and building a fan base and a mailing list. And then when we finally got the opportunity to play in Hollywood at the whiskey on a Monday night, we sold the place out and packed it. And that was due to all of our fans that came from all of those outlying areas and all the promotion that we had done with uh, the fans in Pasadena and Orange County and San Fernando Valley. They all came and converged on the whiskey on a Monday night. We sold the place out and, that put Sealer on the map and uh, really got my career started in Hollywood. Right on. That's awesome. Wow. But then, you know, the, the band would change. Like, it would wind up being just you that from the guys that made the move out there. What led to, to the rest of the guys going back? Well, the band was pretty solid for a long time until, uh, you know, it was a couple of years that, uh, that led to the personnel changes. And I'll take the rap for that. You know, it's my bad. I think the band that moved to L.A. and moved to Hollywood was a very special combination and a brotherhood of guys that I'm still friends with. Michael Dunnigan from Nashville, Tennessee. Robert Eva from Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Guys that I hope to see at Rockin' Pod in August. Uh, 
and my decisions were based on the fact that uh, I'm looking at musicians like Tommy Lee from Motley Crue, who was you know one of the one of the best drummers in hard rock history, mm-hmm. guitarists like George Lynch, Jakey Lee. Uh, the competition at the time was extremely stiff. Yeah, and perhaps falsely, I, I became uh, determined to have the best musicians possible. And we did. With those lineup changes, we had Ingbe Momstein replace Michael Dunnigan on lead guitar. Obviously, Ingbe's uh, name and history and legacy is uh, very well known. Uh, Mark Edwards on drums, uh, Rick Fox on bass. And we went on to record that classic Steeler album, which became one of the cornerstones of the foundation of that L.A. 80s metal scene. So uh, I will take the rap for that. Um, and I've discussed this with, with the original guys in the band, Michael Dunnigan and, and Robert Eva from Nashville. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry I made the moves that I made. And perhaps if I hadn't, we would have uh, achieved some of our goals that we moved there to L.A. to, to achieve. But uh, I've always been driven to succeed and to make it and to uh, uh, make my mark in this business and in this life. And as a leader, sometimes you have to make those tough decisions to uh, part ways with your best friend on Christmas Day sometimes. I mean, and, and those were tough, tough decisions that I made. Right. Uh, they paid off for me in a way, and, and in a way I do regret some of those decisions because Ingve Momsi is one of the best guitar players in the history of, of music. But didn't work out, man. Right. Didn't work out. And uh, if I had been able to, if I, at, at the age of what, 21, 22 years old, I'm still a kid myself. If I, if I had been able to uh, be the leader that I am now, I believe I could have motiva- motivated that band and uh, gotten us to where we went to LA to be. But I was still very young and, and learning along the way. And uh, I'm I'm happy for myself and how everything turned out, and I'm happy that I still have those friendships with the guy with the guys. Oh, in cool. That original Steeler lineup as we celebrate 40 years together, and, and I'll be talking to those guys on my podcast here in a couple of weeks as we celebrate uh, the 40 year anniversary of Steeler. And uh, luckily, they understand, and they're still my friends, and I appreciate that because they could uh, certainly have a different out outlook on what I did and, and, and how I um, executed my game plan. Uh, but uh, I did what I had to do to, to succeed. Yeah. And I, I had, um, I did an interview with, with Rick Fox uh, when I was out in LA for Nam to, to talk about like the, the Steeler album that he's on and, and what an incredible record. First of all, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's there's not a bum song on the whole thing. It's good, and he told me you know a lot of interesting backstory on on how the band came together and some entertaining stories. Obviously of uh, Ingve, the Ingve that you talked to on the phone um, when he was in Sweden, and the Ingve that showed up in L.A. being two quite different people. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah, you're going to say and do whatever it takes to to uh, you know you're going to lie on your tax form or your job application. I mean, <laughs> who doesn't? Right. Uh, so Ingve was uh, obviously a team player until he joined the team, and right. then uh, 
you know, but looking back, um, I could have probably motivated him a little better and, and may, maybe been a team player. But the bottom line is, Ingve was a huge Richie Blackmore fan, mm-hmm. and Graham Bonnet was one of his all-time singers. If if Graham Bonnet, it, it wouldn't have mattered if Ingve and I were best friends and we were totally bonded and and writing great songs together and and moving forward. If Graham Bonnet called and said, I want you in my band, he would have quit. And I yeah. get that. I did the same thing with Black Sabbath, man. Uh, I, I just uh, put together a band called Keel, and I had my own say, and I had my guys recruited as my team. And it was uh, just uh, the perfect situation. But then Black Sabbath called and wanted me to sing with them. And uh, I had to tell my guys, hey, look, man, I'm, I'm going to go join Black Sabbath. And they understood, uh, just like I understood when Ingve quit to join Alcatraz with Graham Bonnet. It was it was one of his favorite singers who had done uh, serious time with one of his favorite his favorite guitar player Richie Blackmore, and and the band already had a record deal, and and there's no way you could uh, begrudge anybody that opportunity if they get an opp- the chance to to go play with their hero yeah. in, a, in a signed act. Um, that's not to say that Ingve and I were all you know. Uh, getting along or creating well together at the time. It was not a productive situation, but Steeler has managed somehow to survive all those decades and twists and turns to perform live at Kielfest in 2019 in Columbus, Ohio, the Steeler reunion after 34 years of not playing together, Rick Fox and I with Mitch Perry on guitar, who replaced Ingve in that Steeler lineup uh, to play together and to do those Steeler songs live on stage at Keelfest in Columbus, Ohio. That was a huge exclamation point on the Steeler legacy, and I hope we get to do it again, man. I'm, I'm up for it if COVID-19 and all the other uh, factors that are in play in our future in the music business uh, will, will let me do that again, man. I'll book, I'll book Keelfest Wherever I possibly can, it was a great event and a great time and a great way to celebrate the legacy of Steeler, Keel, and my new project, the Ron Keel Band. Really not new now after seven years of being with these guys in the Ron Keel Band. It's not a new band. Uh, we've probably uh, done a lot to, to stake our claim and, and uh, show everyone what I'm all about and what I do now with the Ron Keel band. But Keel Fest was a great event, man. Steeler, for the first time live on stage after 34 years, great memories and great times. And I'm very thankful for that. Let's do it again. Well, I did want to talk a little bit about the, um, the, uh, the new album that came out this past year on high vol music. And like, you've got a really good partnership with Bill Chavis and his crew there. Can you tell us, you know, that seems like it, it got a really good response over this past year. Well, I, I am really thankful to be creating, releasing new music and, and to be an artist on High Vault Music. Uh, Bill Chavis and I have known each other for 20 years now, and I'm a firm believer in having the label behind you, uh, an infrastructure that can uh, really facilitate what an artist does. A lot of artists are, are do-it-yourself uh, acts now, and I did that with Metal Cowboy in 2014. I released the album on my own and uh, actually made some some serious money on that project, but it's there's no substitute for having 
someone like Bill Chavis and Highval Music behind you and with you and beside you. Uh, we're very thankful for uh, entering into that relationship with with uh, Highval Music and releasing South by South Dakota, which was an, an introductory project for us. We'd uh, already had the album pretty much in the can and, and wanted to move forward with our relationship with Bill, and, and that was a great way to get the, the ball rolling. But we're excited now to release our next album, and I, I could probably unleash the title yeah. on uh, the, Des- the Decibel Geek podcast. Cool, we get the exclusive. It's called Long Hard Night on uh, Highval Music, the new album from Ron Keel Band coming later this year. I hope we are writing furiously right now, and and I am a in a, a serious songwriting mode and just cr- trying to create music. You know, a lot of my friends and peers in the business spent the COVID nineteen pandemic of twenty twenty sitting back in their houses in their home studios writing songs and and creating music and I did not do that I wish I had I did 400 interviews last year I I released four albums last year five music videos tons of promotion marketing my patreon page uh, is uh, certainly a, an obsession with me and uh, that is a full-time job at patreon.com slash Ron Keel where I interact with my fans on a daily basis. And they pay a six ninety nine per month subscription fee to really be a part of the inner circle. And they've kept me alive through that whole pandemic. But I did not write a song in twenty twenty. I'm the one. I'm, I'm, I have friends who uh, wrote. I, I, yeah, I wrote three albums last year because wow. I was just sitting around on my ass. I was not. I did not have a day off. I intended on taking Christmas Day off. It didn't happen. Um, so I did not have a day off all year long. I did not write a song all year. But right now, that's where I'm at. I am absolutely immersed in the songwriting process and pouring out all these ideas that are pent up within me and uh, not not listening to new music right now. The radio show's on hiatus, and I'm not watching TV with the sound on. Uh, I watched the Super Bowl this, with the sound muted. I am not listening to anything uh, else uh, on the radio or on TV, wow. totally immersed in writing songs and creating the new album. Uh, I don't know how many more albums I have left in me, but I want to make sure the next one is the best. And if you're looking for a pinnacle, uh, that's what I'm looking for too, man. I'm looking for the next challenge, the next mountain to climb, the next song, the next album, the next gig. And there's a lot of gigs on the calendar this summer as well with the Ron Keel Band touring coast-to-coast with the Rock Across America tour. So lots to look forward to in 2021. Right on. You've been staying busy. Yeah, I do stay busy, man. It's uh, it's an obsession with me. It really is. Uh, as, the, as I get older and the clock keeps turning, I, I realize that there's more behind me than there is uh, in front of me, and, and I want to make sure that I finish my to-do list before – you know, I want to live it up before I lay it down, man. So I am obsessed and I am working extremely hard to continue creating, entertaining people, do what I love to do while I still can. Um, I still feel like I'm on the top of my game. I uh, admire people like Sammy Hagar, Steven Tyler, Rob Halford that uh, that are considerably even older than I am. And they're still delivering the goods no pun intended. <laughs> I want to do that for the next 10 years as well uh, and follow in the footsteps of my heroes like I always have, man. Uh, those guys were my heroes in the 70s. Sammy, uh, Steven Tyler, 
Rob Halford, those guys were my heroes in, in the 70s. They're still my heroes, and they're still singing great and performing great, and I want to do the same thing they're doing. That's awesome. Yeah, and I I I really love how interactive you are with the with your fans because like and there's a lot of artists that that don't go that much of a deep dive into the interaction with the fans. I wish more artists took a cue from you because it's really something. You're really prolific with keeping your fans updated on stuff and, and getting content out to them. And then obviously all the interviews with the radio show and the podcast this past year. So it's like you know you're one of the, definitely one of the most prolific artists that I follow. Well, thank you. I appreciate you recognizing that and mentioning it. You know, I, I, I appreciate those people, man. Uh, the people that subscribe to all, all access at patreon.com slash Ron Keel, they're paying a monthly fee of six ninety nine, And I, I believe they deserve the best of what I've got, everything that I can do for them and with them. That's an interactive experience. And, uh, I, I, I understand that, uh, it becomes overwhelming at times. I literally, guys, I I have probably 50,000 emails that are unanswered that uh, there's no way I can get to them all. There's no way I can answer every message, uh, every Facebook message or, or Twitter message or, or Patreon message. The Patreons come first. That's my um, priority, but I enjoy that, that interaction with those people. And at one time, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to realize that at one time I sold 90,000 albums in one week in January of 1985, 90,000 people bought the right to rock album that week. And I know those days are gone. Uh, but if I can just have 900 Patreon subscribers right now that want my time and enjoy what I'm doing and understand what I'm about, then uh, I'll give them everything I got, man. And, and a lot of these fans, there there are uh, different schools of fans on the Patreon site. There are the old school Keelaholics from back in the 80s who grew up with Right to Rock and Late on the Law and, and the 87 Somebody's Waiting album and Final Frontier. Then there are new fans that are in their 20s. A lot of, a lot of young people that they don't really know or care about Keel right. uh, or Steeler. They, they're into Ron Keel and Ron Keel band. And my message and my music touches them on a, a certain level. And I appreciate all of them. Uh, everybody that, that that's been with me from uh, the eighties on. And I, I understand that it's been a, a long and winding road. I have not been consistent, but when I was growing up, I didn't hear or see or feel the prejudice around different styles of music. I didn't understand there was a difference, man. I just, I just grew up ignorant, I guess. I thought classical music or the blues or jazz or Motown or hard rock or the Beatles or I thought it was all cool, man. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I didn't really, really realize that you had to define yourself as being part of one or the other. And I never did. I, I, I got into hard rock and metal because it satisfied an urge within me. It was a, a, it gave me true joy to get on the stage and dress up and do my hair and put my fists in the air and scream my guts out, man. It was a blast. It is still a blast. Yeah. Um, but there, there are so many other textures, so many other items on the menu that I'd like to try. I'd like to 
like to try this or try that. And that's not saying I'm going to do a jazz album or a, a blues <laughs> album, but there are elements of, of all those things in the music that I do now that I've done for the last 20 years. My band plays the right to rock back to back with the uh, Willie Nelson classic, Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up To Be Cowboys. We do that live back to back and it works like a charm. It, huh. it, it, it makes total sense. Um, and to me, I, I I I never believed in prejudice of any kind, and just like the Paul Stanley thing, I know we're we're, we're Kiss geeks here at the yeah. Decibel Geek Podcast. We're Kiss fans, and to see Paul Stanley doing the Motown thing, I think it's cool as hell, man. And I, I totally applaud him. And he is expressing himself. He's investing in his heart and his money and his his talent into something that means a lot to him. And uh, you like it or not, you know, take it or leave it. It's like any item on the menu. You don't have to order it. Sure. You know, the fact that I sold 3 million records means there are billions of people who don't like what I do. I'm cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, and I also want to thank you for, uh, you know, the support you've given for, you know, p- music podcasting. Cause you know, you're now part of the community, but I remember when you were just getting started in it. And then when you, you found out about rock and pod, you've just, you've always been a big champion of, of, music podcasting and, and what we do at the expo. So I do appreciate that. Well, thank you, man. And I have embraced that more and more over the last few years because I started hosting my own radio show in 2012 and it was quote radio. No, well, Ron's got a podcast. No, it's not a podcast. It's a radio show. All right. And I, I was like, no, it's not a podcast. What's a pod? I don't even have a pod. What's a podcast? I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's a radio show. We play music and we're on the radio. Right. And I went on to do uh, live radio as the number one voice in the number one rock station in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota for a couple of years at KBAD 94.5 FM. And um, now I really embrace the podcast format because it is the platform of the the present and hopefully the future because people like uh, Mitch LaFon, Mark Striegel, Decibel Geek, Jason Bakken. <laughs> Good old Baco. So many of my friends in the podcasting industry have made such a big difference. And you know what really changed my mind was getting into uh, some of the podcasts and downloading them for the long road trips or airplane flights mm-hmm. and getting to know the artists that they're interviewing. And I have become huge friends and huge fans with some of these artists because I heard their interview on a podcast, something you can't get on the radio. Uh, During the radio show, uh, when I was doing FM radio, broadcast uh, terrestrial radio, you can't have anybody on for more than six minutes. Right. And that was part of the deal. It was, you know, get them on, get them off, get, get the bullet points and get them out of there and get on to the next song or the next commercial. With a podcast format, I can talk to uh, my heroes and, and people that uh, that I want to speak with and hear their stories. And I listened to uh, some some podcasts from Mitch LaFon, uh, uh, once again, one of the best in our business, Eddie Trunk, Mark Striegel for, with Talking Metal, and, and uh, you guys, uh, Decibel Geek. And listening to the podcast, I got to know some of the artists, and I decided that I like these guys. I want to hear what they're doing and I'm going to buy their records. And uh, I, I, I am officially a podcast junkie. I, uh, <laughs> I listen to probably four or five a day. Uh, 
mostly wow. spoken word interviews at the gym in the morning mm-hmm. and uh, before I go to bed at night, listening to uh, podcasts and interviews. And it is the format of the present and hopefully the future. And that gave me the, I guess, the green light to go ahead and launch the Ron Keel podcast, which is now on Spotify, Amazon, uh, Google, iTunes, all that, where I just literally, it's the easiest gig that I do. I just air the entire unedited, uncensored interview with my rock star friends or uh, authors, celebrities, industry insiders, and I'll air the uh, unedited, uncensored interview so that the audience and the fans can just hear the conversation and I it, it's working and I really enjoy that opportunity to share those conversations with the public. So uh, the radio show is great because I get to play new music and I get to promote my favorite artists and uh, kind of still do the quote DJ thing, but the podcast, man, that there's uh there's power, yeah. power in the podcast and you guys are doing the right thing. I appreciate you having me on, and I'm glad to be a part of your podcast this week. And hopefully we uh, still have some listeners after, I don't know, what is it, uh, 43 minutes and 32 seconds deep. We're, uh, I uh, I appreciate the opportunity, and, and I'm, I'm willing to go the extra mile if you guys have more questions, but I don't want to wear everybody out. I'm just glad to be a part of this. Right on. We just thought it'd be cool to have you on because we just announced that you're going to be back at Rock and Pod this year. The return of Rock and Pod and the return of Ron Keel to Nashville, Tennessee. And we just want to spread the word and let everybody know, you know, the tickets are available, the hotel rooms are available, you know, and we're kicking it off. We're going to we're bringing everything back. This is going to be the kickoff party where everybody can start going out and doing stuff again. <laughs> it is an amazing event. Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. It's not Rock and Ron. It's not Ron and Pod. <laughs> it's Rock and Pod. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo.com. One of the coolest events I've done in recent years, and I can't wait to get back August 6th through 8th at the uh, Hilton in Nashville at the Airport Hilton. Uh, an amazing opportunity to work with some of the, the other artists on the bill and some of the other podcasters and broadcasters and be a part of the panels, and hopefully they'll let me sing at the pre-party. Oh, I, of course. <laughs> I, but, uh, yeah, I, we're looking at doing some acoustic stuff in between panels at the expo, too. I might want to see if you'd be interested in doing some of that, too. But uh, No, I'm, I'm always interested in singing and entertaining people, man. I'm in. Sign me up. Now, I, don't know, I don't know where I'm going to find a hot tub in Coors Light for you and Baco. And then there's also this talk about <laughs> chili cook-offs and stuff going on. So you guys are giving me a lot of stuff to work with here. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Baca wants to have a chili cook-off with me with the uh, the Cobras and Fire podcast. Love those guys. Jason yeah. Bakken is uh, a dear friend and a good guy. And uh, we will uh, we'll find a hot tub and we will uh, we can have a chili cook-off. I think we're going to be pretty busy though, taking care of our fans, our fellow podcasters and broadcasters. So maybe we'll have to order out uh, some some chili from from the takeout. Uh, Diner down the street, but there's lots of good food in Nashville, man. I can't wait. Well, maybe I'll, I'll just I'll, nice. I'll just put a hot tub in the middle of the expo floor and just confuse people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think we have that in the budget. If you got that in the budget, then we need to talk. No, I don't have that kind of budget. Um, if you want to interview Ron Keel, you got to get in the there hot you go. tub. <laughs> Too funny. No, I, I am there for uh, 
the fans and the other podcasters and broadcasters. And looking forward to working my ass off all weekend long at Nashville Rock and Pod 2021, August 6th through 8th. Uh, Nashville Rock and Pod and, uh, com. and all things Ron Keel at ronkeel.com, right? Ronkeel.com. That's my one stop shop. I know that uh, everybody has multiple social media outlets uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, etc. But you can find all my stuff at ronkeel.com. Very cool. Nice. Well, thanks for coming on tonight. And uh, yeah. I will uh, send you a link when this comes out. And uh, excited to see you in August, my friend. I appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, take care. Awesome. Thanks, Ron. Yeah! (laughs) It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.